Morning, morning, morning. This is Pastor Jay, and we are on Anointed Radio this morning. And like always, in decency and order, we're going to go ahead and start with a scripture. And today's scripture we're coming out of is Isaiah 26 and 3. And it says, People with their mind set on you, you keep complete hold steady on their feet because they keep at it and they don't quit. Amen. When you put your mind on Jesus, He'll give you a peace. He'll keep you stable. He'll help you stand. He'll make sure that despite what you go through, that you will never fail. See, we have to always remember that God has not forsaken you. And despite what people say, listen to what the key word I said, people say, God has the final say so. Amen. So you got to have faith in what God says and stand. You know, one thing that I always look at is this. How strong are you? Not physical strong. I'm talking about real strong to stand. You know, because one thing that I realized about myself, giving a personal testimony, is that when stuff get rough, I ran away. But I, I had a choice for myself when I said no more. I'm not going to keep stopping. I'm not going to keep quitting. I'm not going to keep making excuses. I'm going to stand on God and wait for God. That's called faith. So I encourage everybody to stand on faith you say you strong you say you bad how bad are you and show it by not running away and standing on God's word because God's calling you and it might be scary it might even be discouraging but God has something wonderful and, and big for your life Amen. dear father thank you Lord thank you Lord for bringing us here safely God Thank you for all the things that you've been doing for us, Lord. Bringing us through, helping us, encouraging us, building us. Taking away the, the bad, putting in the good. Letting us have a great attitude and letting us be able to fully see you as you. Because you are the answer and you are the way. God, right now, I just ask you to bless everybody listening. Bless everybody that is listening to this under the sound of my voice. That whatever you're going through, that you will have the faith to stand. Despite how many times you fall, just know that God has not left you nor forsake you. And that he is there and he has the answer for you. But you have to stand. You have to be patient and you got to have faith. God, just bless everybody on their way to their ministries. Bless everybody that's waking up. Bless everybody that's just listening to this after the fact. And God, just go into their life and just make a miraculous change plant a seed that stability that hope that joy and future is placed into it to replace the doubt the depression and all the anger god we just thank you and we glorify you for change let's be able to change our mindset from the stinking thinking to be able to be having a thought of you so that we can stand firm on our beliefs firm on our faith and firm on your word that we will be not moved and that despite what comes against us nothing will will actually be able to hurt us because yeah. we rebuke the devil in his dominion in the name of jesus and despite whatever they throw at us no weapon form against us shall prosper yeah. we thank you we glorify you we said it all in jesus precious name amen 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 amen, amen. <laughs> That's my jam. That's when you start shouting. Doo, 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 doo. I'm telling you.
Well, you now can take a seat. My name is Pastor Lovejoy. <laughs> Lovejoy. Pastor Lovejoy, and I want to preach the word. <laughs> At the moment, we're going to take a seat. Anyway, everybody, this is Pastor Jay. And like always, you can find me on Instagram at official underscore Jaylon, J-A-Y-L-O-N, not E, but O-N, dot Calhoun. Or you can find me on Pastor Jaylon Calhoun on Facebook or on Twitter at Reverend Calhoun. Um, good morning, good morning. Good and morning. it's the holidays. Woo! Yeah. Good morning, everyone. This is Lady AJ, and you should drop me a line at LadyAJ2020 at gmail.com. And this is Coach here. You can find me on Instagram at 910Coach. Remember, patience is a talent that a lot of people don't have. I'm the guy on the drums over here. I'm Mikey <laughs> VIP. Thank you guys for listening to Anointed Radio. On the drums. And today we have a special guest. He, that, he, he is close as family to me. He he's he don't know this, but I look up to him and a lot of things that he's done, and I'm happy to have him on the show. Let everybody introduce Mr. Cali Muscle. Hello there, hello there. Thank you for having me. So we we definitely gonna go in his interview at 7:30. But guess what? It's holiday time. Yeah. yeah. And Go Knights Go, sponsored by the Golden Knights. Let's go. No and let's go. The Las Vegas Raiders will be coming here. Um, will be coming here, and they just approved in Henderson. The city of Henderson has just approved the HQ for the Las Vegas Raiders. Nice. So their practice stadium will be here. I honestly feel that they're just trying to finish out their term. As me being a diehard Raider fan, see me from the shoulders if you have something to say. Um, <laughs> um, Catch my face. <laughs> all that. <laughs> Raiders. Right now, we're just doing transition. You know, when you move and you got boxes packed and some that ain't packed, that's what we're going through right now. And Quan's giving that look, so obviously he has some other things to say. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, understand Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders organization, they're doing great things in the community. They're coming out here. They're trying to embed things in the community so that people can feel the 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 community of the Las Vegas Raiders. Good. Shout outs to the Las Vegas Raiders that's coming out. And yeah. If it takes a team to bring us together, I'm not mad. Right. I ain't mad at it. Because right. if you think about it, when I first came to Las Vegas, they didn't have a team. Yes, you they, heard, you, they have they, the Wranglers. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. What the is Wranglers. that? But thank you for saying that. Because what the is that? Thunder. The Fifty Ones. We had the Rebels. That came after. I was here when the Fifty Ones came, and I ain't been here that long. Really? Oh, they've been here for thirty years. Since when? Since thirty years. Oh, for real? That's what's up. <laughs> Maybe you just they weren't on your radar. They definitely wasn't. But now that they're going to be the Oakland A's, I will be there. I think they changed their name that. this year. They changed their name to the Athletics. <laughs> yes, they did. And that's since we have the Raiders, if the Oakland Athletics are planning to transition to the Las Vegas, um, Anointed Radio is ready to do any type of broadcasting and any advertisement for them. Just throw that out there. Right. Because, you know, we are from the Bay Area and we represent our Bay Area transplantians. <laughs> it's Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Hey, that's dumb. I'm posting that on Twitter. Yeah, Las Vegas. That's what we used to say. 
because we we the bay is taking over this will be new new oakland and la to the bay to the vague las vegas oh, oh. oh. the triangle just Watch gave me it's game the, it's, the, it's scotty <laughs> it's, it's the triangle <laughs> throwing it to you all right but other than that, we have no other announcements than that, but we are happy to talk to you. But always remember, suicide awareness is real. Check on somebody. Check on your friend. Check on your family member. Check on grandma. You know, a lot of people forget about grandma. I wish I still had my grandma. If you don't want your grandma, I'm about to come get her because I ain't got a grandmama no more. So I, go That's check on Jeep. your grandma. I used to call her my Jeep. Man, it, I, I said it proper because I went to Berkeley school, so I said grandmother. Hey, I just thought about that the other day. I was like, why was I proper living in the ghetto of Richmond? But, hey, rest in peace, Grandma. So, check on somebody. Suicide awareness is real. Make sure that you lend out a hand and help somebody. The Christmas spirit is about giving, not receiving. So, instead of worrying about yourself, they are thousands, Las Vegas, thousands of kids in foster care and in shelters. Make their Christmas special. One thing I always say as being, uh, 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 I, they call me educator, I'm not a teacher, but being at the school district, you never know what a student has to go through after school. Right. You don't know if that's going to be the last meal they get at school. You don't know what home they're going to, if they got a home. So if the community comes together, I know that they're, they're giving tickets for homeless people, you know, for feeding homeless people, but they can't give you a ticket for giving a gift on Christmas. Get, think other than yourself, and you'll be way blessed beyond measure. I could just tell you that. Happy holidays. So we about to go in the mix with DJ Mikey VIP. Happy holidays, everybody.
I'm hanging on by a thread, and all I'm clinging to is prayers. And every breath is like a battle. I feel like I ain't come prepared. And death's knocking on the front door. Pain's creeping through the back. Fears crawling through the windows, waiting for them to attack. They say don't get better, get better. I'm working on switching them letters. But tell God I'ma need a whole lot of hope, keeping it together. I'm smiling in everyone's face. I'm crying whenever they leave the room. They don't know the battle I face. They don't understand what I'm going through. The world trying to play with my soul. I'm just trying to find where to go. I'm trying to remember the way. I'm trying to get back to my own. But I can't do this on my own. That's why I'm just trusting in you. Cause I don't know where else to go. And I don't know where else to go. Just fight a little longer, my friend. It's all worth it in the end. But when you got nobody to turn to, just hold on and I'll find you. Fight a little longer, my friend It's all worth it in the end But when you got nobody to turn to Just hold on and I'll find you strengthens and fear drives faith and i don't know all of the outcomes don't know what happens tomorrow but when that ocean of doubt comes don't let me drown in my sorrow and don't let me stay at the bottom i feel like this hole is too deep to climb i've been looking for a way out but i settled for a peace of mind picking up the pieces of my life and hoping that i put together something right tell me all i got is all i need Tell me you gon' help me stay and fight The world tryna play with my soul I'm just tryna find where to go I'm tryna remember the way I'm tryna get back to my own But I can't do this on my own That's why I'm just trusting in you Cause I don't know where else to go And I don't know what else to do no,
man. Hey, I just can't give up now. Started from the bottom now. I'm halfway kind of up. I'm halfway up. I ain't, I ain't all the way there. But amen. So we are in the building with Mr. Cali Muscle. I call him Unc. He's my a mentor. He, we from the same neck of the woods. We both from the Bay Area. But one thing that I, I like I've told him before in our conversations, I do look up how he could take a negative and make it into a positive. And that was the deepest part about it because that is hard for some people. You know, especially when you tempt it. I, uh, small insert into this is that I met somebody that told me, pray for me because I'm trying to do it right. But I got a five-year-old and I'm used to robbing people. And now I put my pride aside to ask you for some money. Because I got to eat. We got to get a room. And I got a five-year-old. And he had, a, and I was like, that was the realest thing you could tell me. So you got to think about people's testimony. People are real and, you know, you don't know what people are battling with. And then to be able to make a positive out of stuff that you've been through that struggle is deep. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Callie Muscle, everybody. Callie Muscle, y'all. Hello there. Hello. Thanks for having me once again. Thanks for having me. Amen. First of all, to just give a little background of, about you and, you know, for some people that haven't read your book, you know, what is your story? Well, my story is I came from a good family. Uh, when I was young until my little brother came. And uh, it kind of put a rift in the whole family situation. I had an older brother. And uh, me and then my little brother came. And so uh, at that point, I started getting beatings and you know, uh, treated bad by my mom, just hard. She was raised hard, so, you know, uh, she raised me hard because I was a class clown. I was comedic, so I would get suspended from school a lot. So, uh, you know, I was just uh, a class clown. I was, you know, as a kid, and she didn't like that. And so, anyway, so uh had a, from the age of, my little brother was born at seven when I was seven. So at the age of about 10 until uh, 18, well, not to 18, 10 to 14, it was rough for me in the house. I didn't even, you know, I had, you know, you see kids and you'd be like, how could they had killed their parents? And I used to have those thoughts as a mm. kid, you know what I mean? Because, uh, at that point, I became uh, a loner, you know, because uh, she just, my parents, they put all their energy into the little brother. Mm. And so uh, I had my older brother, which was my inspiration. He was best dressed, most handsome dude, immaculate, 4.0 student at Castlemont, the worst school in Oakland. Right. Graduated high school as a Valley Victorian, went to college at San Luis Obispo Cal Poly as a and his major was electrical engineer. So my senior year of high school, I was in his foot tracks. I was senior class president, honor roll, got an academic and athletic scholarship to Fresno. And uh the end of my senior year he killed himself. Mm. My older brother. And so at that moment, I think everybody tell me, all my friends, everything, that's when I changed, you know, and became 
kind of hard. Uh, the devil was able to come in at that point. Before then, I was a youth pastor. Um, I had my own Sundays at the church. You know, uh, I, man, I knew the Bible in and out. You know, and the pastor of the church lived right next door to me. So wow. I was uh, bugaboo. <laughs> I read something in the Bible. The pastor go to his house right next door. It says this and that, you know. And so I was, I always wanted to be, I tell people to this day, I always wanted to be smarter than every other human being. And I, I get that probably from seeing my brother. Right. He was my inspiration. He was so smart and a genius. I mean, always got straight A's. And so, uh, you know, he was always my uh, inspiration to be smart. And so, uh, yeah, I was a youth pastor and everything, man. So that happened my senior year of high school. So uh, I went to college, Fresno State. Uh, like I say, on a full academic and athletic scholarship. And got in some trouble uh, looking out for one of my roommates and went and got a gun to protect myself because now I had did something for him where I was getting threats on my life. Mm. And so uh, I went and bought a pistol and that pistol just, the devil just came in more. You know, I just turned into... You know, that, and it's funny because, you know, we look on TV and news and see people just lose it, like lose their mind. You'd be like, I, I seen, uh, what was it the other day? Uh, a guy killed some people, but his friends was like, what? He he never even had a fight. He, he was square. He was, I can comprehend that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because, uh, like I say, once my brother passed, it's like, just the devil just came in and so that's why you know i can speak to people that had that breaking point mm -hmm. and so anyway so tell you the trippy thing is when i was in college at fresno state i had went to a fellowship of christian athlete camp football camp so i got uh uh most mvp most best player at the camp so when i got to fresno state I went to that camp my uh, soft, my junior and senior year of high school, fully paid by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So when I get to college, the guy who ran it saw me. So he's like, hey, you want to come back as a minister, coach? And I'm like, yeah. So uh, I went to Thousand Oaks in uh, Arizona, Flagstaff, Arizona, and I was a coach and uh, minister to the kids, man. And so I did that for a couple of months in the summer of 94. So I get to, after that's over with, the next week, I drive to the Bay Area and my car break down, coming back to Fresno from my, seeing my little brother and family. And uh, my mother, she, her AAA paid for it to get towed back to Fresno. And so uh, the car people, was like, oh, it's going to cost $500 to get you an engine in your car. And I'm like, man, I, oh, that's all I got in my bank account. Mm -hmm. So I called my mother. Can you give me some money? She's like, no, nah, I ain't got nothing for you. Uh, it's a, This is a test from God right now. 
she said she didn't have it. I uh, called my coach. I went in his office, Coach Sweeney, rest in peace, Fresno State football coach at the time. And I said, uh, you know, I'm kind of hard up for money right now. Um, can I get an advance on my scholarship? And he like, oh, son. And this is the most epic saying that just implanted in my mind. He said, son, in this life, he looked me in the eyes. A man got to do what a man got to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And he looked me in the eye of that. Now, first thing my mind went to is negative. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I got a pistol. If nobody want to help me out. I, I know what to do. I watched enough of KTVU news and seen robbery. <laughs> when I grew up, you know, they showed crimes on the TV, on the news. So I used to critique crimes, not knowing why, because I was, you know, a good kid uh, overall. And so, uh, yeah, it got in my, the devil got in my head. You got this pistol, go rob some people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did, man. And uh, and God spanked me immediately. I'm talking the same night. Mm. Yeah, I went on the run, went back to the Bay Area, run, my brother, Dev. Like, you go either deal with this now or you go have to run the rest of your life. So I went back to Fresno, ended up in prison for seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so while in prison, I uh, lost my faith in Christianity. So I started practicing Islam because I was like, man, they seem real. They seem beautified. And, you know, that's how most people do when they get to jail or prison. They uh, want to seek out you know, religion or whatever, even though I was a born, I I knew that this, what I was doing was just, you know, it, it wasn't sitting well with my spirit and soul, <laughs> but I did it. And so I, uh, I was the top dude, Amir in Islam. I was the youngest. I went to prison at 19, <laughs> but I was like Pastor Jay over here. I was wise beyond my years. So I had 50-year-old men doing what I told them. <laughs> and I was only 19. But I just, you know, I already was buff. I looked like a bodybuilder. Looked like I'd been to them. They thought I had been to uh, CYA, the youth authority, because I was so buff. But I was just a workout fanatic since I was a kid. And so I went through prison um, just first with Islam. And so once I seen that they was, the Islam guys in prison was fake. They'd be preaching something, but be on heroin and drugs and messing with, you know, uh, gays and all that. I was oh, no, this ain't my cup of tea. You know, so I left that alone and got with a prison gang, Kumi 415. And so the thing about what attracted me to this, what we call organization, but, you know, outside people call it a gang. It had all nationalities. We had Filipinos. We had whites. We had black. It was a Bay Area thing. And so I'm like, okay, I could deal with these dudes who I know dope things or killers or robbers and try to bring them a positive message, you know. And so I was the head of that. And so, uh, and, you know, it. it was good because I was able to, bring my influence to negative people mm-hmm. like a pastor I was a minister and so I didn't know until maybe a few years ago 
when I look back on my life, when I was writing this book, God had all this plan for where I'm at now. Mm. And if you look at the timeline, I'm a, <coughs> I was a youth pastor, captain of football, wrestling, and track. Went to prison, was uh, running these dudes, the Islam uh, gang. Then I get to the streets, and God blow me up to this, you know, this, like, inspirational person for people. <coughs> so it's it's crazy, man. So anyway, so I get out of prison in 2001. I went 94, got out 2001. So when I got out in 2001, I was doing good, uh, became a personal trainer, and don't laugh, a stripper. <laughs> 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 and I was making buku money. I was making like four, maybe four grand a week. Personal training. I was working 12 hours a day. Then on the weekend, I would do the exotic dance and stuff. And so uh, it was doing good. So a car, again. I had a brand new 5.0 going to a strip show. Wrecked it. Mm -hmm. A car, again. And so I got it in the shop. And so I wanted to rent the most expensive car until my car came out. So it was dwindling my money. And so I'm like, man, I'm going broke out here again. I'm like, I looked at my little brother like, who, who got them kilos? Mm. I'm like, go get me a half of one. Never sold dope in my life. Mm. And thinking I'm just <laughs> go, I'm this, in my mind, I'm this shot. I have this. Uh, educated mind where I can lead people and mood is dope and I didn't last 90 days. Mm. It was like the police had a tracking device so <laughs> <laughs> God gave it to them though. <laughs> and it was God. It wasn't even them. It was spanked me. Went back to jail. Bam. Get out from that a year later. Go and this let me say this. Each one of my cases after the seven years was from the same police. Mm. get out bam go back out there trying to do the same thing go back for another year get out from that oh now i'm in the high speed got dope all in the car go back for 16 months same police busting and so finally in 2010 uh i moved to la and uh i had started bodybuilding doing bodybuilding shows in 2009 was like, I'm going to move to L.A. and get, you know, try to go professional in bodybuilding. Uh, I hadn't even thought about acting at this point. Um, so I got to L.A. And one day I was just sitting up. I started cutting hair. I was a barber and a personal trainer. And I was doing, well, before I got into the acting, I was out there about maybe a month in L.A., and which was the best thing that happened in my life to get away from that environment because mm -hmm. as long as I was in Oakland I had that Oakland mind state so moving to LA was like you know God knew what he was doing mm -hmm. so I was a barber personal trainer so one day God had me look up at the TV and I'm like man it ain't no real people on you know what I mean TV I'm like let me google I'm a Everybody asks me how I get where I am. I will out-research you. Mm -hmm. That's how. I am, Since I was a kid, I read the whole dictionary 
it was a saying back when I grew up, put it in the book and the black and never know. Mm-hmm. When I heard that saying, I read every book mm-hmm. I could. Mm. And so the same thing applies with Google. When the internet hit Google, how to be an actor. The steps was there. The next week I was working with Matthew McConaughey. Mm. Wow. Just that, that simple. Was working. And then from there, did uh, Old Navy commercial, uh, Geico, Snickers, Taco Bells. And never one, never thought about being an actor in my life. After I messed up in college, which I was on my way to the NFL, I was like, the only way I was going to get rich, I guess, now is selling dope or something. Illegal, you know. That's how my mind worked at the time. So God had another plan. So I started getting that. A lot of acting roles in Hollywood. Uh, by the way, it's Christmas time, so I got a Christmas movie I'm in. The Dog to Save the Holidays. Check okay. me out. <laughs> Shout out to that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so um, God just turned, man. It's unbelievable when I think about it. So I did all the acting stuff. So at the time, I started writing my book while I'm doing all this. And so I'm writing a book. So a guy had called me, YouTube. I already had a YouTube channel before I went to L.A. I was posting. You can see my old videos, 2009. I started my YouTube in 2007. And so uh, posting workout videos, talking crap doing pull-ups and stuff like that and so when i got to la i posted a video of maybe every 90 days every four months i only had like maybe 10 videos up and so this guy contacted me and he like hey man i seen you you know uh you're doing pull-ups and stuff like that i would like to do an interview with you i'm like what i'm cool dude i'm i'm making i was making bro i had like Six national commercials aired at one time. Movies. I mean, I was living good. And so I'm like, nah, I'm cool. So a year go by and the same dude contacted me. At this time, acting was slow. So I had a lot of time on my hands. And so I'm like, man, forget it. Let's do it. But before I did it, I was scared to do it because I didn't want people to know my story. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to scare people in Hollywood, you know, and so I prayed on it, man. Tough and God like, do it. Mm-hmm. Man, I did that I shot that video with this dude, uh, Strength Project. And uh he did a Macklin documentary on me and uh right now that video had forty four million views. Mm. Biggest wow. documentary ever on YouTube. Wow. Out of all the acting I did this documentary took my life to a whole nother spectrum because mm-hmm. now people, it was like I was the first one on YouTube to hit with a documentary, like showing that you can, you know, turn something, all this negative and you still could be positive. Right. And man, all my social media blew up at that time. It, it was, it's, it's unreal. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because I never wanted to be famous. I never wanted to be a celebrity because I did sh- stuff in the streets. Like right now, God has spared me to the utmost, mm-hmm. you know. So I never wanted to be, I never took pictures. I never was old video. I don't have no pictures of me really as a teenager. I didn't, when I grew up in my era, that was a no-no. You don't take pictures. You don't do videos and stuff. And so, you know, but going back to my childhood, 
I was always an entertainer. I was always funny, a comedic person, but through my childhood becoming that loner in that time period, I stopped talking a lot. Mm-hmm. And that commanded, for me and the environment I lived in, that commanded respect. Because people were like, man, he don't talk that much unless, you know, it's a reason to talk. Mm-hmm. And so I was, uh, you know, always kind of feared in that uh, sense. But, yeah, man, so I moved to L.A., started acting, wrote the book. Um, from there, uh, did some music, got three music albums out, started a supplement company, and uh, I just rode the wave of uh, social media. A lot of people, uh, like I say, I was just a scientist with social media, you know, and uh, I wasn't scared to look silly, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, oh, he, he from the hood, he doing all, I, I've ne- in my life, I've never cared what another m- person think about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I've never, I was always different. I, my brother, you know, he was the best. I mean, I never seen my brother wear tennis shoes. Mm. I mean, the best dress was different than, and I tried to follow his league, but I wore tennis shoes, and I just was, I was always best dressed from elementary to high school. I was best dressed, but I was always different. I never cared what people thought, and so because of that. Had God was able to, you know, work through me in other ways than other people. Right. Yeah. So that's a little bio of me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my first question is this, because there's so many people that walk Joe Sam's shoes, Mm -hmm. especially where we come from. Yeah. And my first question is this. What would you tell them? What would you tell yourself? Move from that environment. Mm. Amen. Before the week before I moved. Death was always, and everybody gets this. If you're doing wrong, if you're doing something you know you're not supposed to do, God will send you a message. Mm -hmm. Yep, he sure will. Even after, I've always, before I went and did that robbery, they landed me in jail for seven years. I just talked to him last week because I'm in a fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha. So my fraternity brother, God sent him, and he's still an angel. To, I mean, God worked. Anyway, as I was walking out the door to go do the devil's work, God sent him. I'm talking about as I was, it was, when I think about it, bizarre. I'm walking out of the, because we was roommates. I'm walking out. He walking in. He looked me in the eyes. He said, what you doing, man? Don't do that. Don't, whatever you're going to do. I, done, I said, I ain't doing nothing, man. He said, whatever you're going to do, don't do it. Mm. God sent the messenger. Right. God always send these dudes a message. And I was like that even when I got out of prison and was doing wrong again. God was like, you go die next. Tomorrow you go die. I would go take my butt to church <laughs> that next day. <laughs> and, you know, pray and all that. And, you know, I got a mother that was hard on me, but I love her because she prayed me. Come to find out, it was like a curse on the men in my family. My brother killed himself. My uncle died of a tragic car accident. My other uncle get drowned. Mm-hmm. So all the men in my family had a 
like a curse. And it trickled down to me and my little brother. Right. I went and did prison time. My little brother got a, and he didn't have to do nothing in life. They bought him his house, cars, everything. He didn't have to do that. He got a murder case. Mm. Mm. So he had to go do time for something he didn't do. But luckily, you know, we had a little money to get an attorney, and they found him not guilty. Oh, but man. Praise God. Yeah, mm. so, you know, she was a prayer warrior, and she, you know, she was just brought up hard. And so, you know, I understand. I thank her, man, because I'm tough as nails, and she is too. Right. Yeah, yeah. tough lady, man. She's been through a lot. But, yeah, so I would tell them to move from that environment. I don't care if you got to – whatever you got to do, move from that environment, move from it. Right. But a lot of people worried about what people think. Oh, I, my mom, I can't leave them. I can't leave that. And here it is, they end up dead or in jail right. or something. Or in jail. It, nah. <laughs> and, and I think that's the deepest part when you look at how, first of all, the system of – the judicial system, the whole prison system, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, in our neighborhood, it's, let me just say it clearly. If you ain't never been to the Bay, you're not going to understand what I'm about to say. The Bay Area has so many demons mm -hmm. that you have a buffet of demons to pick from. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not, we're not like L.A. where it's like blood's crypt. No, it's I'm from South Richmond. He's from North Richmond. I don't like him. Mm -hmm. Now, someone from Oakland that don't like nobody from Richmond. So it's a whole big thing from where you're from. I, it was a time in high school. I was just because it was a big thing in the hyphy movement, which we shout out to the hyphy wear, <laughs> Cali muscle hyphy wear. Um, but in the hyphy movement days where people from different sets cities were dying. I eventually start saying, where are you from? Judy Simpson, my mama. I, that's where I came from. If you want to be, because I, it was so much shootings, curfews, um, deaths. You couldn't even go to a party without getting shot up just because, Oh, I'm from Richmond. I'm from Vallejo. I'm from San Francisco. I'm from Sacramento Elk Grove. I'm from Antioch. Yeah. Cause they try to get a rep just like the Pittsburgh people too, as well. And, it just was so much where we either end up in jail or we died. And there's a lot of people, when I think back of where I, where, I, where I come from, ain't here no more. Because, first of all, people say, well, I'll give you the perfect example. Like Callie said, Callie came from a good home. There's always something that was the root that starts somebody to change their ways. Despite how much you want to say, oh, so sad. It start from being a kid. Subjecting a kid to adult situations, first of all, will make them grow up to have an adult mindset. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time when, when, and that's why I always tell parents, don't tell your ch uh, child, you can't get that. Right. You can't do this. Talking about money all the time. You know why? Because when I was a kid, I processed this. Oh, I need to go get some money. Mm -hmm. What do you see every day outside your window? Kids ain't stupid. Right. Kids have not sat here and watched you all their life and not know what's going on from the dope fiend family member, from the, the, the cousin that's in jail, and all the stuff that they see on TV and see in their neighborhood. So I just say this, and, and you definitely could chime into it, Callie, about what, what thing 
can a person that is going through like that could start focusing the change? Because a lot of people are adamant. Because I have some family, I'd be like, bro, move. And nah, bro, I got my mama, I got my baby mama, I got all this. And you know, that's the that's the normal thing that you hear. Uh, I, I got my family, but you ain't going nowhere with it. You in the same spot. What would you say to say, okay, about excuses? Well, I'm a true believer in God. A lot of people not. Yeah. Mm. And I always been the one to I'm not I've never been a procrastinator. And so when God tell me to move, I move. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you gotta be honest with yourself and, <laughs> and life. If God don't move those people, how you gonna move them? Ain't that right. the truth? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like for me, when I moved, everybody was like, "Oh, you leaving? Oh, you leaving the town? Uh, I, I ain't never leaving." That, my mother and my brother told me that. I ain't. We ain't never leaving. When I used to come back from L.A., oh, you all Hollywood now, and mm. me and my brother almost almost killed them behind this for saying that. Mm. And so they was like, "Oh, we not moving now." What's this about? I moved in 2007. Now they out of there. But it take for God to work through somebody else to show these people, like, you know, like y'all not really living. But those people, man, they just not God. You can't move nobody that God ain't going to move. Right. Mm -hmm. So when true believers in God realize this, it's like, you know, all like with me, I'm reaching millions of people. And I just, I, I'm so blunt now and honest about certain situations that it hit a lot of people wrong, but later on they'll see. Right. You know what I mean? You're planting the seed. Right. Mm-hmm. Planting the seed. And my, my approach is harsh. It's brash, but it's direct. It's like, you remember them old people? They boy, they they just tell you like it is. <laughs> Who are you telling? And, and you and you know it hurts your feelings. And then but. they had that southern, especially because I had a lot of southern family members. Yeah. And then they they say it in a southern accent and make it seem so worse. Well, and you be like, man, if you wasn't my great aunt, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the benefit of social media now is that even when I have my kids, oh, I can show you now. Right. That's the beneficial part of YouTube, social media. Uh, oh, you don't want to believe me? Look at this. Look what they did. Look what happened. Right. So it's just not talk now. You can see what happens. Right. You know, and that's the beauty of life right now. Mm. Like, like you can show proof of what's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. So people, if these youngsters now choose to do dumb stuff, that's on you. Ain't no excuse. You got World Star. You got all these other sites showing fights and people dying, and and you go go do that too. Oh come on, yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And and nowadays, a lot of kids, uh, teenagers are putting it on social media. They they right. they giving the police all they need. Well, those are people that nothing haven't happened to them yet. Yep. And most people until, same with me. Like when I was young, I worked at 24-hour fitness. I worked out from the age of 12 till I went to college. 
I would have worked in college and not went to prison if I could have worked, but I was on a full scholarship, so I couldn't work. I, I, my, I got my workhorse from my mama. She'd been working at the hospital for 30 years, 16 hours a day. I got the, I'm happy when I work. Right. I'm that type of person. And so, uh, yeah, I was working uh, at 12 at the gym, and i never forget, I used to do little sneaky stuff, go in the locker, take people's money out their wallet. And so that crime mind state was building, mm-hmm. was escalating, you know. Piece until, by piece. Exactly. Until uh, I never got caught. So when I did what I did major and got caught, like, oh, okay, but it's too late. Mm-hmm. Go, go sit down in prison where you might die for seven years. Mm. You know, it's too late. One mistake. People think, especially in religion, uh, people, oh, I do these sins and just pray about it. And no, you know that was wrong before you did it. Right. Now you go get spanked. Yeah. And ain't no telling what your spanking go be. Who will tell you? You're preaching <laughs> now. Because, uh-huh. you know, one thing that I think that most people have to get the concept of, stop. You know, I, I've heard this a lot, too. Well, I'm scared to take the first step. I'm scared not to take the first mm-hmm. step. Because what else? Because God will tear you down till you say yes. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to say yes? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm going to get you to pay attention. And I came to a part because I was, my pastor used to call me, because I was a youth pastor too. <laughs> uh, my pastor used to call me the prodigal son. I'll be in the club and then in the choir stand. <laughs> I'll be out in the streets. I was the one that, honestly, being, and I look at my story, because it's, it's, it's crazy when I look back. I'll be the one who go to church and then go and smoke weed at the house and act like I ain't never went to church. It was the standard that I was showing. But first of all, I was going in church dealing with a double-minded mindset because I went home and I had to conform. I couldn't be the same. You can't be the same in a household when people don't understand what you're doing. They criticize you. When I first started going to church, everybody called me the holy roller. Mm-hmm. That made you a kid, especially a kid, and I was a teenager going in there with no parents. My parents wasn't a pastor. My, my daddy wasn't a deacon. Nobody in the church was related to me. And I can say to this day, them people in the church that I started with is more family to me than my own because they've been watching me since the age they taught me stuff that people in my family was supposed to teach like tying a tie shaving your face dressing well i didn't know these things and you can't say oh well, you could have learned it yourself where mm-hmm. when you got a, a a dad that's showing you or a mom that's showing you or a household that's showing you and you you guessing and when you leave a kid to guess he's not going to pick the right ones to guess so it's crazy because you could fall down a lot, but there's going to be a day. And I remember my day, President's Day 2009, where God going to tell you, are you ready to stop playing? Because hmm. in 2009, God flipped my car three times. And I came out without a scratch. They used my car for every 15 seconds at De La Salle. That's how bad my car was. Windshield caved in. Back window. I remember the... I remember it like yesterday because the Biggie, Biggie movie just came out, so I had the soundtrack. And I remember when I start flipping, I said, I guess I'm going to get to see him. And during that time, I was running. 
I was running from responsibility. I was running from truly committing myself to God. I was running from all these things. I felt like I ain't going to be cool no more. People ain't going to want to hang with me no more. What people going to say? I can't tell you something. When you die, you ain't got people with you. Hmm. So it's, it's a lot. And this is real Christianity. You not going to be this sanctified people that people paint. You're going to be chipping away pieces of things that have been programmed in you longer than what you've been programmed with trying to say discipline, love, the basic principles that God has given to you. That's hard when you didn't get that or it wasn't instilled in you. And then now you learn that at a hard age. But you know how they say, you know, old dogs don't learn new tricks. That's a lie. That is a very lie. No. But it's, 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 just think about it. The reason why they said that is because usually somebody is always set in their way by a certain time. And the think the, the deep part about this, and it goes back to the people that are choosing wrong and know they choosing wrong. No, guess what? God does this. And it, and it's a, it, it humors me. You might not want to do it now. And you think that doing it the street way be faster, but eventually you're going to have to do it anyway. So you might as well do it right the first time. That's my 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 saying on to the next generation because what you've done, what you think you're gonna do, what you think you're gonna outsmart, everybody said that. And there's probably multiple people in prison right now saying Or dead. Or dead that said the same thing. Right. Your life your life is precious. You gotta think about this. How precious is your soul? If the devil will offer the whole world for it, that's deep. When I read that in the Bible, that the devil offered the whole world for one soul. You want the whole world? <laughs> Give me your soul. People don't put value in how your soul is. Doing right. How you living. What example? Because, you know, when you die, like my grandma said, when you, you promise two things. You promise to be born and you promise to die. But the thing that they don't really think about is this. What's that dash mark represent for you? What's your legacy? I asked myself that the other day and I'm still writing it. What is your legacy? And young people, just do it. I know square, square jobs is hard, especially because sometimes a lot of, and I'm looking, I, I work in the education system. You too embarrassed to ask the questions. So you're behind in some educational loops. But you can educate yourself. A lot of people have to do it later on down the road. And because I still to this day be like, man, I never knew that. You taught me something. You have to really start getting self-worth and stop, I guess the perfect way of saying this, blaming other people. Mm -hmm. my, 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 when I first came into the corporate world, the first feedback I ever got was, you never accept responsibility for what you do. And that was a hit home. Because they say, you always say they, they had, he, she did, but you never say what you did. And that was something I always dealt with because growing in the streets, that's what you always say. Nah, I got caught because of him. Oh, this is this. And, and, I, and, and this wasn't happening. But now, looking back, it was because I couldn't accept what I was doing. Right? 
people. What eat. you think, Lady AJ? Because you from you from San Francisco. Even Adam, <laughs> listen. Even Adam couldn't. Some cases re- over there, right? <laughs> but no, I think you bring up a good point because even Adam couldn't re- couldn't accept responsibility for what he did. He Ain't blamed. that the truth? Yeah. So I mean, that's human nature, right? When I listen to you, I hear favor. Oh yeah. Favor. Wow. Um, that's what I hear. But that, but that's not. I wanted to ask you. Um, how do you get to a point? Because you're absolutely right. When you're concerned about what people think and say about you, you limit yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't make moves because you're just so concerned. It took me years to get to a point because I could care less. Who are you telling? You know, as long as I serve my Lord, that's all I'm concerned about. But how did you get to that point? I was born with it. You were born with it. Okay. Yeah, as a kid, I just had I had an uncle that was buff, and that's the one that died in a car accident. I had my brother that was intelligent, so I was always around powerful, mm. intelligent men growing up. My stepfather was with my mother since I was two, and he about to be ninety. Oh, He's, wow. That's my little brother, father. Okay. And he had his own business pocket full of money so i was always around stuff to be motivated by and so my mother she just well i had to blame it on my mother now you now you ask me that she always instilled in us that you're you the one you special she always gave us that motivation that's Uh, powerful yeah she we couldn't we never yeah yeah even though she was that hard yeah. on, the hardest on me but she we had to always walk out the house with our iron, clothes iron mm-hmm. no hats no do rags a, a standard exactly mm-hmm. and we was raised in uh east oakland on east street drug selling going on around us every all the crimes you could think of but we had the nicest house right nicest cars mm-hmm. so i was always raised like middle class Right, pride right. and ownership. Right, mm-hmm. and so I always wanted to be smart, buff, uh, the best at whatever I did. Right, and that was just you know when you people when you have a kid, you know how that kid go be. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Either they got you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know I when I look back at my childhood, I wanted to be the best. At whatever I place my hands on. Mm-hmm. And so that just carried along with me in my uh, adulthood. And I always had tunnel vision. My mother, she like, don't worry about them down the street. Don't bring nobody to the house. Don't. Mm-hmm. And so I just went through my life like with tunnel vision. Even when I was in prison, I minded my business. But if the people around me brought some in, I was a problem solver. And. You know, so I was always in that leadership position. And so, yeah, it, to me, it's when you're born. You know, but if it's not in you when you're born, you got to look at the ultimate goal of your life. It's almost as if it's activated. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and that, and that comes from and maybe, knowing what you want in life. Right. And for some, maybe it's activated 
at an earlier age than mm-hmm. for others. Without you know? a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's why now you can look on uh, YouTube and see uh, 10 years old that's millionaires. <laughs> they that's true. From that eight-year-old made $22 million yeah. Yeah. talking about and, toys. And, hey, mm-hmm. ain't no excuse for nobody be talking about they financially uh, down or what? You could Google how to be a millionaire, all the steps there. What do you mean? <laughs> and you actually got to follow the steps. Don't do it the right. ghetto way. Don't like how we do when you open up a box from Ikea. you be like, man, I could do this by myself. And then you'd be like, why well, I got extra pieces? <laughs> but let's, one thing I wanted to do before uh, we get off is this. For people that I'm introducing or reintroducing, where can people find, you know, the nice merchandise I'm wearing, you feel me? Well, and um, find your book, XCon to Icon. Where can they find all your information? Now, and Hyphy Mud. Hyphy Mud. So I'm going to teach there, everybody, all the listeners, and even you, you guys in here, there's something called branding. With branding, you must make everything simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything for me is Kali Muscle, my name. Mm-hmm. You can't have, mm-hmm. the, no point intended, official underscore J That People already... <laughs> Soon as you said official, that's what the word people lock on to. So after that, they go nine times out of ten forget. So uh, God is. So are you telling me, me I should change my Instagram name? To, everything should be when you look at, just analyze the world. Mm. Nike, Puma, Adidas, everything is in your face. Bam, done with it. Mm. it every, nowadays, everybody, because I get this question a lot uh, from youngsters. How can I? blow up my YouTube, my social media, and I look at their name, like, that's, you already done lost. Ain't nobody gonna remember that, bro. Like, mm-hmm. and so God instilled in me, and this is, God just, how that lady earlier was talking, how God just give her stuff, and she gotta, it, that's my life. Mm-hmm. God, look at the TV, you go be an actor, write a book, now you go do music. That, I never wanted to do none of that stuff. Right. God just guided me to do it. So the same thing with Brandon. God instilled in me the Kali Muscle, my name my birth name was Chuck Kirkadaw, which my father is one of the survivors of the uh Jim Jones thing. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, he went over there with him. He was one of the survivors. So my birth name was Chuck Kirkendall. When I knew I won God instilled that you go be somebody. I went down to the the legal place and changed my name to Kali Muscle Kirk and Duff. And so God just, he he gives it to everybody. Everybody have a gift. Mm-hmm. You just got to uh, honor your gift, respect it, and push forward with it. A lot of people try to fight their gift. I find every, you know, I get all these kids, they love me. So I find a gift. Soon as I'll be like, what you do? That's your gift. What you doing? Right. Go for. Everybody have a gift. So where can we find Kali Muscle? (laughs) 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 Amen. Uh. So, like always, we thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate you. Uh. You know your story can stop people and make them think. Yeah. So it is definitely it was powerful for you to be able to tell your story on on here as at Anointed Radio. We we support you. If you need anything, you. let us know. 
Oh yeah, we, 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 you know, we, we definitely here to, to promote for you. We just had Darren Hanson a while back talk about his movie. So right. you got your movie trailer. Let us know. We'll yeah. talk about it. Wow. Um, and when you're on Anointed Radio, we say to all of our guests, you're like family. You know, so we, whatever you need, let us know. We, we pray just great ventures over your life. And one thing that God is saying to me now is that you, you gonna, you gonna be mentoring a lot. Oh yeah. I really feel that because um, one thing is like what you said earlier, kids are drawn to you. That's a gift. It is. When people are drawn to you, especially a certain age, that means that God is trying to tell you, hey, guide, mm-hmm. mentor, oh, yeah. mold, so that they don't follow your same steps. Mm-hmm. So that that's just one deep thing. Um, everybody listening, make sure you go follow Cali Muscle. And I don't know what my name is no more because he just made me insecure about my name now. I don't, I don't even want to say my Instagram name on on, on, on my outro no more because I'm Jalen. I'm just uh, Jalen. If y'all call me Jalen one more time, oh you don't like your name? Nah, 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 nah not no Jalen. Uh, my name is Jalen. Means mighty in Swahili. Oh, I know meaning of my name. My name is Swahili. People think it means California, but it's being sharp, intelligent, fierce. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. I def- if you didn't know that, you just heard an exclusive right now. Cali Muscle's name is not based off California. You just heard it, so it's debunked. So, it was a great interview. We Thank appreciate you. you. Much love. Thanks for having me. But guess what? It don't got to stop. Why not? It never going to stop. Because <laughs> at 11 o'clock, Where at? Rancho High School. What's going on? At Judah Family Community Church, you could check out Pastor Blank. <laughs> because I don't know, <laughs> but you could pa- check. Uh, pa- you could check me out at Pastor Jalon Calhoun, or you could check us out at Judah Family Community Church. Hear a great word. Come join the flock. Open doors at ten thirty. Get a good word. It's in the holiday spirit, so you know we're gonna talk about some things that happen during that time frame, so that you could get prepped and ready to know why Jesus had to go through stuff before even being born. That's how deep it is. There you go. I like that. But this is Pastor Jay. And I was about to say my name. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't understand. I'm really insecure about how you just told me that my Instagram name. I was just trying to say my whole legal name so nobody could take it from me. But I know it's long. I'm going to just be abbreviation then. So (laughs) my name is Pastor Jay. You can find me at official Jaylon Calhoun. And you can find me on Pastor Jalon Calhoun on Facebook or Reverend Calhoun. And I like Reverend Calhoun. That was my not favorite. I might go back to that one. I was talking about that the other day. So, but always remember that patient. Whoa. I almost Watch stole your. Whoa. Oh, that's crazy. Down, I they almost got you nervous took... like that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've, I've, been, I've been using that coaching for nine years now. I'm going to take my stuff. Did you swap it with me? Well, I, I did take it from somebody, though. I, I, did, I know, I, but you made me almost I, say I yours. I was looking at you, and I was like, like, that's what he say. But guess deep. what? Common sense is not common. And don't care about what people have to say. Amen. Hmm. And this is Lady AJ. Have a beautiful week, everyone. You ain't going to say your say? The only way out is through. There you go. I ain't heard that in a minute. Go ahead, girl. 
and this is Coach here. You can find me on Instagram at nine one zero Coach. And uh, I just want people to uh, be smart during the Christmas shopping season. Yeah. If you just buy a whole bunch of stuff from Ross and then you walk into Target, put your stuff in the trunk. Don't leave it in the open. Yeah. Because you might come back with a busted window. Yeah. And it is the time to lock your doors because people are door checking mm -hmm. at strip malls. So I just want everybody to be around their situation and uh, stay blessed. Amen. You ain't going to say, how can I trust you if you don't even trust me? I just want to give a quick message. Oh, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, uh, if people didn't... Uh, <clears throat> I, I'm I'm a fiberglass right now. I can't even think of my catchphrase now. Oh, oh that's crazy. How can how I, can I expect people to trust me if they ain't trust God? No, it was that's, not that's, that. That's a, that's a nuts. How can I? How could people be loyal to me when they can't be, be loyal, loyal to, to God. God? That's your phrase. That's your phrase, Mike. I know you got a phrase by I'm now. One, man. It's the second week when you ain't got a phrase, man. Um, think of some. It come from the head, from the top. Take it from the top. Peace and love. Oh. Reverend Lovejoy. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Callie, you got something you wanted to say before we go out? Stay strong. Amen. 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 See y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>